0: the truth news network
1: in the 1960s where rioting was virtually a norm and freedom fighters were asking who do you turn to when a cop hits you they weren't thinking about where you turn when an elected official sticks his finger in a voter's chest and shouts i don't work for you it's clear we can't count on our elected officials to stand up for what's right. The law, truth, justice. Actually, we do have one ally. He's with you now. He's Dan Newman.
2: And there are growing numbers of such allies. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TNN Live. Just because somebody says something is right doesn't make it right. Just because somebody says something is wrong doesn't make it it wrong. And our world is full of people who like to take anything and everything and superimpose their definition of what it is and superimpose their thoughts and ideas as being the truth of the story we're talking about at the time. Just because they do that doesn't mean they're telling the truth. We're going to get into the uh, dispelling of some very nasty things that are being sold or marketed, at least, to the American people that are very important. We're going to get into that very early in the show today. But I want to tell you, I thank you for being here. And yesterday, late yesterday, we lost a music icon. Yep, we did. No.
3: Every now and then. I think you might
0: like to hear something from us. Nice and easy. there's just one the thing. Job down in the you see, we never,
1: ever do nothing. For the man
4: nice easy. And day.
1: We always but do it I never lost nice one
4: and
0: rough.
1: And I we're going to take the beginning of this song the the and do it been. easy. Easy. But then we're going to do the finish.
0: Turning. Rough. Proud Mary. It's the way we Keep do. Proud Mary. And we're rolling. rolling ooh, ooh, rolling. Ooh, ooh rolling, ooh, ooh, rolling on, the on the river. Listen to the story. Left a good job down in, in the city, city. Working for the man. lost one minute of sleep and I was one
2: Tina Turner yesterday. Don't know the official cause of death, but she uh, she lived a rough life. The beginning of that version of Proud Mary that was actually her biggest hit and it wasn't one of her songs, it was a remake of John Fogerty and Credence Clearwater Revival. John wrote that song. I know he was pretty happy years later when Tina decided to record it because he made a fortune off of that song. All that being said, music industry If you know anything about music, you love music, it's hard to put the politics in the industry together with the songs that you like. Unfortunately, you got to do that. You got to take the bad with the good, don't we? Speaking of that, bad with the good, (laughs) yesterday was a wild day in the United States of America. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis threw his hat formally into the ring. We all knew it was there already. We're going to visit a little bit about some of that stuff, but I want to weigh into something that to me is even more important. Facts. I still struggle when I listen to these politicians lie every day with impunity. They don't really care what the people think. And they weaponize those lies against the people that they represent when it's obviously supposed to be the other way around. If anybody lies to anybody, it would be voters lying to politicians. But we need those people to toe the line and give us factual information. Let me give you one example. What's the big thing hanging out there right now? It's our debt limit increase that... Members of Congress, those in the White House, especially President Biden, they can't get their stuff together and realize you're not going to get a blank check, Mr. President. You're not going to be able to write checks for as much as you want to. All of your government giveaways, and your giveaways are not government giveaways, they're taxpayer tax money giveaways, kind of like that debacle you created unilaterally at our southern border. You know, we have that structure. You may not remember it, Mr. Biden, because you are obviously a dinosaur in today's definition of political life. But you were part of crafting a bunch of federal immigration laws that took care of giving those people that need to get out of those egregious conditions And they owe, oh, we owe them the right to come just unilaterally into the country. Forget about those laws that you passed, and you're just going to wave them on in and direct contravention to the Constitution, your oath of office, you know, those things that you promised you were going to do and weren't going to do. Well, you're not doing the ones you were supposed to, and you're certainly doing the ones that you don't have a legal right to do. All that being said, we are on the brink of, for the first time in American history, default on our debt payments, those debt payments that that money's got to be put together, cobbled together to write checks for, or the interest on treasury bonds. That's the way we get our money. The government gets our money. Besides the dollars that you and I send to the IRS, we've got to have additional money, you know, to pay the bills. And so they sell treasury bonds, and the purchases of those bonds, the reason they buy the bonds, first of all, they're safe investments. You feel, you feel pretty certain you can get your money back at the end of the day, but while the government is holding on to your money, that bond gives you interest payments. That's the bills that we must pay. Joe Biden, he just decided... I thought I was elected president, but I guess I'm an emperor now because I don't have to do anything that people want to do. I can just do everything the way I want to do it. So you don't give me a blank check? We're going to default on the debt, and I'm going to blame you. Talking, of course, to Republicans. So the Republicans, everybody just dismisses the fact that a couple of months ago, the Republicans passed a bill that raises our debt limit. And it had some stipulations on it, which almost every debt resolution that's ever passed, almost every one of them, have conditions, spending conditions, to make sure the money that is included in this debt limit increase doesn't just go to bridges to nowhere. You know what I'm talking about. Federal waste. We want it to be used for the American people and not for American politicians and giveaways. So what's happening now? The House passed it. The Senate will not even take the bill up for considerations. Of course, they didn't put one together and send back over either. I get sick and tired of all the infantile crap that's happening in the government every day. They must feel that the American people are stupid, that we don't understand what's going on. So we have a bunch of politicians that are trying to justify they're not even taking up legislation in the Senate to consider a debt limit increase, and they're blaming it on the Republican bill. I've heard Democrats get up for the last two weeks just excoriating the contents of that bill. Let me give you an example. Listen to this legislator.
5: Thank you, gentlemen, for yielding, Mr. Speaker. I rise in opposition to the rule to advance this bill. I'm opposed to the bill. This bill will lead and includes massive cuts to veterans' care. 30 million fewer medical visits for my fellow veterans. We're going to see my fellow veterans wait longer to have their claims heard. They're going to see telehealth get worse. Mental health services get worse. Homelessness issues get worse. This bill is a betrayal of the obligation this country has to everyone who served.
2: Now, let me break down what he's talking about. It does reduce the access to veterans' hospitals. Now, why is that? Veterans' care in hospitals and veterans' hospitals around the nation has suffered dramatically. And so what's been happening in the past, these veterans have been forced to go only to veterans' hospitals. Included in the Republican bill is the opportunity to go pick the hospital you want to go get your medical care at, and the government will pay the bill, just like it does when you go to a veterans' hospital. But it gives veterans choice. Now, these legislators are framing that to be cutting veterans' benefits. The dollar value for veterans' benefits in the new bill proposed by the House, it is the exact same dollar amount as is being spent now. That's just one example. Let me let this guy continue.
5: And I've seen my fellow veterans used as props on folks' websites and their ads. People wrap themselves in the flag. Well, guess what? You don't get to claim serving for veterans, standing up for veterans when you cut their care. That's what this bill does. It's a disgrace. Everyone in the country ought to know it. We ought to vote it down. I yield back.
2: I yield back. Good thing you did. Let me me tell you the irony of what you just heard. That representative from Pennsylvania just heard, he's a Republican. Can you believe that? Listen, here's what I do. When something like this that's so controversial, so important comes out, I'll go download the bill. I'll go print it out. We talked about the Durham report. It's a long report. So what did I do when I was in Africa two weeks ago? I downloaded it. Heck, I spent 22 hours each way on an airplane. I had plenty of time to read, and I read the Durham report. Well, guess what I did when the Republican bill was passed? I downloaded it and read it. There is not even a mention, a word anywhere in it about cutting veterans' benefits or cutting Social Security. Representative Barry Loudermill, he's from Georgia, and Representative Rich McCormick, also from Georgia, they wrote a letter to the editor of the Cherokee Tribune and Ledger News That's obviously a newspaper in Georgia. Here's what it said. Dear editor, we write in response to a letter to the editor published on May 6th regarding the Limit Save Grow Act passed by the U.S. House of Representatives. While we appreciate the author expressing his opinions regarding the debt ceiling bill, the letter unfortunately included several statements that were misleading and must be clarified. First, The author claims that the Limit Save Grow Act will cut 22% from the VA's budget. This is simply untrue. Nowhere does the bill cite any cuts to the budget of the Department of Veterans Affairs. In reality, the bill preserves the exact same funding levels that Joe Biden himself called world-class health care just last year. Of course, Joe doesn't remember saying that, but he did. Their letter continued. Instead, the bill repurposes unused, unspent COVID relief funding, separate from any departmental budgets, so that it can actually go to help Americans. Unfortunately, false claims were spread by Biden political appointees at the Department of Veterans Affairs as a ploy to scare veterans and raise oppositions to the bill. But as Speaker McCarthy and Appropriations Committee Chairwoman Kay Granger have repeatedly stated, there will be no cuts to the VA, the Department of Defense, Social Security, or Medicare. We are both veterans ourselves and we take this guarantee seriously. The author of that letter claims the Limit Save Grow Act is a stalling tactic by House Republicans to score political points but nothing could be further from the truth. America is in serious trouble regarding our massive debt and unconstrained federal spending, and we must put Congress on a course toward fiscal responsibility. As stated by Speaker McCarthy, this legislation will rein in spending as well as boost American energy, lower energy costs for American families, and stop our dependence on foreign adversaries. This bill remains the only proposal for addressing the debt ceiling that has passed the Chamber of Congress. While the Biden administration may see this as an opportunity to score political points by spreading blatantly false information, we will continue fighting for fiscal responsibility in our federal government, keeping our nation safe and strong, and ensuring American veterans receive the care they deserve. Novel idea. to Georgia representatives did what that little podcaster in Northwest Louisiana did, I went and read the bill. I read every provision in the bill. None of what you just heard these allegations say is factual. So why? Why would they do this? Why would they lie incessantly? Because they're trying to make their political opponents look like despots, people that don't care about veterans or senior citizens. I'm a Social Security Medicare user recipient. And there's somebody listening that heard me say that, what I just said. I'm a Social Security and Medicare user. And the first thought that went to your head was, ah, there you go. I thought you were a Republican. I thought you were a conservative. Well, I'm not Republican, but I am conservative. And conservatives don't depend on government handouts. I paid my entire 54 year in the workforce. Every paycheck, I had money deducted from my check. Part of it went to Medicare benefits that I was to get when I. I retired at age 65, or whenever I retired, I had Social Security benefits deducted from every paycheck for the same purpose. I invested in my future. There's a big difference from living on handouts of the federal government and me investing my money over 50 years so that I would get some retirement. It's not sufficient to live on. You all know that. But I get retirement benefits from the investments that I made. That's the way the capitalist system works. Now, I will remind you, Bush 43 second term, he did a big trek around the nation speaking in different towns and cities. He wanted to partially revise Social Security because economists looked at it financial experts, they still are saying the same thing. There's not enough money in the system to continue to grow at the same levels it's been growing as more Americans reach retirement age. There's not gonna be enough to take care of everybody. And you'll hear them talk about 10 years, 15, 20, whatever it is, common sense will tell you, you can't take more out of a pot that you've put in the pot. I actually went to Centenary College here in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I went through the Secret Service screening and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to go hear Bush 43 make his presentation. I liked the idea a lot. What it was going to do was give every American part of their Social Security money that had been stowed up and turn it into private retirement funds so that you would have part of your retirement covered by the federal government, the amount that would stay in there, but the rest of it could be determined by you in investment markets where it would go. He almost got run out of Washington, D.C. for even saying it. Somebody asked me this years ago, why, why, why wouldn't you be upset about that? Why do you think the government would not want that to happen if it was best for us? And I looked at the person and asked, and I said, are you smoking something illegal? Tell me one thing the government, a government entity, a bunch of politicians have ever done in the United States that couldn't have been done better by those in the private sector. You know, the real reason people push back, politicians push back so hard on that. And they continue to push back against ever considering doing something different with Medicare and Social Security. You know why they do? They look at it as a slush fund, a spending slush fund that they tap whenever they want to. They tell us, we have a Social Security uh, fund out there. It's a fund that all the Social Security money is put in the bank. And it's all right there in a big pot. You know what? That's a lie. It's not. It's a slush fund. It goes into the general account of the federal government and they spend it. They throw in IOUs every once in a while because they're saying, oh, at some point we got to pay these people what they put in. We got to take care of them. So we'll just kick the can down the road, which is exactly what they're doing now. And watch what happens if Democrats stay in power in the upcoming four years and maybe eight years. Oh, God, help us. That doesn't happen. You watch what's going to happen. They're going to tell us, well, our predecessors just raided the Social Security Fund, and we've got to go back and raise taxes because there won't be enough for you or mom or grandma to retire on because of those evil Republicans. That's what they do. It's not any different from what happened to Mitt Romney and Paul Walker when they both ran against Obama and Joe in the midterms, in the 2012 midterms. You remember that? You remember that video? It was kind of a silhouette darkened. You could see a character blacked out, but you could tell it was Paul Ryan pushing Grandma in a wheelchair over to the edge of a cliff and pushing her off. You remember that ad? Nothing about that was truthful. It was all political. It was pontification on the part of the Democrat Party. They've got a demean. I'm going to give you a piece of wisdom right now that you can use in this scenario, but you can use it in many other circumstances in your life. It's called the zero-sum game. Zero-sum game. Here's how it works. Anything... Of value, any process, any investment, any government program. Here's the way they all work in these people's minds. Let's just say you got $1,000. And so you throw the $1,000 into this project. That's all the money that's in it. And so anybody that's going to go to that program and get any benefits from it, they're going to take the money out of that $1,000. And there's only $1,000 total to go around. So what does that mean? If Bubba wants to access that fund, he takes $20 here. Well, that $20 he takes, technically in his mind, it's coming out of the pocket of somebody else. The antithesis to the zero-sum game is this. Capitalism. Capitalism. Capitalism, the whole philosophy, the economic philosophy, is built on this one thing. You can create wealth. You can create dollars and cents. That's necessary in a capitalist society. That's what we've had here since this nation was founded. Elon Musk didn't get a check for $100 billion dollars when he did Tesla and SpaceX. It didn't happen. He may have borrowed some money, but he took what he borrowed and increased it dramatically. That's capitalism. It doesn't happen in socialism. It doesn't happen in communism. It only happens in capitalism. We have a bunch of zero-sum game people in Congress and living in the White House. And the only way they can get their hands on money, at least they feel and act this way, is to take it out of your pocket and mine. We can't do anything to grow our economy. Oh my gosh, we just can't do it. So what do they do? They keep trying to get you to pay more of your money to them so they can blow it and waste it instead of crafting ways to increase the value of everything in the United States of America for everybody. You need to remember zero sum game. There's only so much goodness out there and you can't get any goodness. You're as good as you could ever be because if you got more, you'd have to steal it from grandma or uncle Joe I am dead serious about this. I am sick and tired of the lies. I'm sick and tired of the gross misrepresentations. Accept the truth, espouse the truth, and just let us live. Come on, guys.
0: 35 years after the original movie, Fox is bringing you back to where it all began.
2: Nobody puts baby in the corner. This
6: is the real Dirty Dance.
0: Yeah. Eight celebrities compete to become the real Baby and Johnny. I
6: forget my Johnny is.
0: Some will rise. Some will fall. All will have the time of their life. The Real Dirty Dancing four-week event.
7: Starts Tuesday at 9 on Fox 5.
0: Get crackin' and feel unbeatable with new Omelette Bites from Duncan. Bacon and cheddar or egg white and veggie. Made with cage-free eggs and packed with protein. Take on the day with new Omelette Bites from Dunkin'. America runs on Duncan.
4: This is your home.
7: This is your family room slash gym. The guest bedroom slash music studio. The day bed slash dog bed. The living room slash yoga shanti slash regional office. How did you guys do it? slash classroom and this is the basement slash panic room maybe what your family needs is a vacation home slash vacation home find yours
5: on the Verbo app
6: When playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners. Locked and loaded with Truth
1: Ammo. Taking aim at the problem, it's Dan Newman.
2: There's no doubt we have a problem dealing with truth, especially at our government level. And it gets worse and worse and worse. And there are so many things that happen every day in our society. I mean, across the country. You, you just look at any state. I mean, let's pick an obscure one like Montana. Here's an experiment for you. Go to Google. Do a Google search. News events happening across the state of Montana. And just watch what shows up. Now, probably put in the spectrum of analysis, comparing it to, let's say, the Big Apple or Los Angeles, Chicago, Seattle. It's going to be way different. It won't be nearly as convoluted, as big, as egregious as what, is happening in those big cities. But every place has got problems right now, and that means every American is dealing with problems that in many cases are overwhelming. And they don't know where or if they're going to be able to find the answers, the solutions. That's what living in a free society is all about. That's what the guarantee of liberty and justice for all, equal treatment under the law. That's what it's all about, and that's why it's so important. But we have these sycophants in Washington. Chuck Schumer, prime example. What's his one job? He's supposed to take care of legislation that is to be presented, considered in the U.S. Senate. There's a very important piece of legislation laying across the Capitol from the Senate building, which is pretty darn important. At least the president says it is, and every Democrat says it is, but none of the Democrats will even touch it with a 10-foot pole. There's no Senate debt limit bill. They didn't write one. So what do they do? They sit across the Capitol and throw rocks at the one that not only was written, it was debated, it went to committees to be analyzed Committees analyzed it, brought it to the full floor. They debated it, and they passed it. That's called regular order in creating legislative matters. Chuck Schumer's Senate hadn't even looked at anything. All they do is stand there and throw rocks at what's already been done by somebody on the other side, not because of the contents of what's there, but because they didn't do it. And they just want to diminish anything. It doesn't matter what's in it. They don't care. It came from those evil House Republicans. It's bad. Thinking through the insanity that's coming from the left, the lies that continue to come from the left, I hearken back 13 years. Yeah, in many cases, I have an elephant's memory. I remember that African-American lawmaker, member of Congress. He's still in Congress now from Georgia. When he was sitting on one of the military, I forget which committee it was, but it dealt directly with military matters, funding, uh, infrastructure projects, et cetera. And he had an admiral from the Pacific Fleet, I forget the admiral's name, sitting before him. And there was consideration being made for a big construction project, on one of our military bases on Guam, over in the Pacific. This lawmaker's name is Hank Johnson. So he listened to all of the technical descriptions of what was going to be added. It was a significant growth thing for our military base, a naval base there. So Representative Hank Johnson from Georgia, he weighed in with his wisdom, telling everybody in that committee hearing how unwise it would be to add all of this infrastructure to Guam. If you've got some popcorn, grab a soft drink, rock your chair back, and listen to this.
6: This is an island that at its widest level is, what, 12 miles from shore to shore, And at its smallest level uh, or or smallest uh, uh, location, it's uh, seven miles uh, between one shore and the other. Is that correct? Uh, I don't have the exact uh, dimensions, but uh, to your point, sir, I think Guam is a small island. Very small island and about 24 miles, if I recall, long. So 20, 24 miles long, about 7 miles wide at the least widest uh, place on the island, and about, 20, about 12 miles wide uh, uh, on the widest part of the island. And um, I don't know how many square miles that, that is. Do you happen to know? I don't have that. Uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. It's yeah, 209 my fear square miles. Is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that the. Uh, the Guam population, I think, currently about 175,000. And again, with 8,000 Marines and their families, it's an addition of about 25,000 uh, more uh, into the population. The whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that. The, uh
2: they don't? Anticipate it tipping over. Do I need to say anything about what you just heard? This is. Oh, and by the way, this is Hank Johnson, representative from Georgia. He's still in the Congress. And when the debt limit bill that we've been talking about when it came up, he voted no. So what's the alternative offered? They don't have one. It's just nah. We don't like your bill. Nah, 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 boo, boo. I'm voting no. And oh, by the way, because I voted no and we default on it, we're going to get up in front of the television cameras and lie some more and tell everybody it's you evil MAGA Republicans. These are the people that are leading a nation? (laughs) Oh, and their intrepid leader, Joe Biden, he's been preaching about we got to do the debt thing, yada, yada, yada. We got to work hard, Guess what he did this morning at 9 a.m. Washington time. 8 a.m. my time. They're still, the House of Representatives is still in session. The Senate's not even in Washington. And they had all day today, and they were put on notice by leaders in the House, both sides, hey, listen, y'all hang close. We need to be ready to go. Any changes in the legislation that we have out there We got to get this debt limit thing passed. Joe Biden had his people announced this morning at 8 a.m. Central Time, we're putting the lid on the day. Joe's going to Delaware for the weekend. Really worried about that debt limit thing, that default thing, right? Yeah, we got some great leaders up there, great leaders. So let's switch gears. (laughs) James Posey's been sending me texts. He's got me fired up. I've got him (laughs) fired up about all this. Let's let's take it down a notch or two. How about what happened yesterday? Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he's in the race. We all knew it was going to happen eventually. When I heard that his initial announcement was going to be the way that it was put out there, Twitter spaces... That's what this method that they used on Twitter to make this launch announcement. I thought there probably are going to be some issues out there. Now, I'm not diminishing Elon Musk. Just so you know, I'm trying very hard to get him on our show. And there's a good shot you're going to hear him here. Uh, And the way we're going to do it is through Dunstan Tao, who is a good friend of this show and a personal friend of mine, one of the co-founders of Bitcoin and he is the largest holder of bitcoin on earth. He's a great friend of mine. In fact, we've got a conference call later today to talk about a business a situation. But Elon doesn't know everything. He's filthy rich, and I hate to I hate to say the term filthy rich because being rich is not filthy. A lot of people call it that just simply because it's not them. Somebody else has it, it's filthy. <laughs> I got what I got. Hey, it's mine. I'm brilliant. I made it. Whatever it is, I made it happen. But Elon doesn't know everything about everything. Uh, let me give you another. One. Uh, this is a free tidbit day. Okay, you got you got the first tidbit in the zero sum game story philosophy. You're going to get one right now. Just because you don't know everything doesn't mean you're stupid. Elon Musk doesn't know everything about IT. He didn't build from scratch Twitter. He bought Twitter. There are people that work for him that are supposed to know all of the IT ins and outs of what happened yesterday. The Twitter Spaces broadcast of DeSantis throwing his hat in the ring, but it didn't work out. That doesn't make Elon Musk stupid. Somebody in the Twitter family that was supposed to do whatever it was to do to stop from happening what happened, that glitch that didn't let them get on the air when they wanted to and in the manner that they wanted to, somebody didn't take care of business. If you don't know something that is necessary for you to know and you don't go get the person with that expertise and knowledge to put between you and that issue before the issue ever happens and you just don't do that, that means you're stupid. Now, Elon thought he he trusted people, no doubt about it, and they told him they had it taken care of. Well, they didn't have it taken care of, so... Here's the problem. The manager is the one that gets all the blame, and justifiably so, because the manager should have had all of the people, the infrastructure, whatever's necessary to keep those things from happening. That did not happen. That Twitter Spaces call, it was scheduled to launch at 6 Eastern yesterday. It began several minutes late as one unidentified voice whispered that it was Quiet. David Sachs, the entrepreneur hosting the event, he began to introduce Elon Musk and asserted that this was historic before the audio cut out. From then on, the audio continued to cut in and out several times with continued echoing and seemingly random voices, not the voice of the governor who the conversation was all about. Here's a quote. I'd like to just introduce the folks in the room here so it's safe to say we wouldn't be making history without the man sitting next to me, Elon Musk, his decision to purchase this platform last year. This is Sack speaking, praising Musk before audio issues began to take over. They continue to come up with reasons for the audio issues, by the way, asserting that they were melting the servers, which they viewed as a good sign. Eventually, the entire audio ended, leaving many listeners confused and in a state of silence. David Marcus, his Twitter handle is at Blue Box Dave. This is the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to a presidential candidate, and it's not close. Just hold a rally. D.C. Drano. Boy, I love that handle. D.C. Drano. Is it just me or is anyone else's Twitter space keep crashing during DeSantis' announcement? Audio keeps cutting out and entire Twitter app crashes for me. Johnny Maga. DeSantis got kicked out of his own space. However, DeSantis' team tweeted this. It seems we broke the Internet with so much excitement, urging people to donate to the governor's presidential campaign. That remained consistent for many who celebrated the amount of attention his campaign launch garnered on the social media giant. His own people said, it seems we broke the internet with so much excitement. While you're waiting, donate now. Brian Griffin tweeted, there was so much enthusiasm for Governor DeSantis's vision for great American comeback that he literally busted up the internet. Washington is next. million raised online in one hour and counting. John Cardillo. At Ron DeSantis is so popular he broke Twitter. Katrina Pearson. Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis officially broke Twitter tonight, LOL. Jenna Ellis. Just Mindy. Elon and Ron. Ron and Elon. Lisa Booth. The disloyalty argument does not land. No one is owed anything in life. Everything must be earned, including a nomination. Brendan Leslie, Donald Trump responds to DeSantis' imminent 2024 campaign saying he can't win and is disloyal. At Cernovich, DeSantis broke the internet. And it goes on and on and on and on. So let's put let's put something in perspective. Let's be straight. I'm going to give you my opinion, and remember, I don't do that lightly when it comes to presidential races. Back in 20, I guess it was early 2015, late 2014. When, whenever Donald and his bride came down the escalator in Trump Tower. I forget which month it was and this is before I'd started the website truthnewsnet.org and certainly before TNN live on Facebook I posted now this is before he and Melania came down the escalator so they hadn't even formally announced and there was speculation very little speculation that he was really going to take the chance I predicted that if he ran he would win he would beat Hillary, because she was the odds zone favorite to get the Democrat nomination. And I'm telling you that to tell you this, to put it in perspective. I don't do this lightly. Trump will win in 2024. And then I'm going to tell you the big mistake Ron DeSantis made, and you probably already know what I'm going to say. He had, if he would just if he would have just gone to Washington or not even Washington anymore, gone down to Mar-a-Lago and sat down with Donald Trump, Trump would have done anything and everything that he could possibly do as he had already done. Remember this. Trump is a big reason that DeSantis won re-election as governor. He threw all of his support to Governor DeSantis. And it was a very contentious race, even the initial race where he won the governorship. If DeSantis would have gone and sat down with former President Trump and told Trump, look, Mr. President, you did a phenomenal job. You did a great job for me and I'm very appreciative. I'm loyal to you. I think the Make America Great Again is the best political program that's ever been created. And I'm a part of it. I picked it up from you. I'm using it and using it very successfully in the entire state of Florida. And the results are very obvious. I want to help you carry that message to the next level in your second presidential term. I would like for you to consider to bring me aboard as your vice presidential candidate. And then what I would like was for us to together make it better. I will learn from you for four years. And then I want you to help me to launch an eight-year two-term in the White House. If DeSantis had done that, and I still don't think it's too late for that. But for American conservatism, think what that would have done. We would have had already four years of Donald Trump and his make America great again policies. And we all lived through what those did for every American. And Americans from coast to coast liked it. There are a bunch of Democrats that want to denigrate it. They were very quick to put their hands out for their increased income. The extra money they had to spend because of the decrease in the cost of everything, including income taxes. And while that's going on, the federal government had more tax revenue coming in than ever, even in the face of those horrible Trump tax cuts that cost the federal government billions of dollars. The government had more to spend than it's ever had. Why? Because reducing taxes increases revenue across the board. Companies have more money to spend, and they spend it. And they spend it with other companies. People that make more money, they have more money coming in. They pay lower taxes, they have more disposable income. They dispose of the income. It's not brain surgery to figure these things out and to watch them play out through our history, and it proves things. Facts are facts. Pontification is pontification, and the two are very seldom the same thing, especially in politics. Well, well, well. (laughs) So, what's everybody thinking about the Santas and Trump? Because that's going to be all the talk. Of course, Donald Trump, he's still still in the crosshairs of the Department of Justice, Alvin Bragg, the prosecutor in New York. Everybody hates him. We're hearing all kinds of speculation about the classified document debacle down at Mar-a-Lago. Hearing nothing about the fact that former Vice President Joe Biden, who didn't have any legal authority to do it, He had a treasure trove of classified documents all over the place, multiple locations. There's one big difference between what Joe Biden did. There's several other differences, but one glaring one is any president has the unilateral right to declassify a document, any document. A vice president has no authority to declassify, therefore, every document that wasn't preserved according to the law on Vice President Biden's watch as Vice President and then afterward, every one of those. He committed felonies. No talk about that. The witch hunt is on again. We got to keep the orange man away from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. What are we going to do? Let's just make something up. And they do it. Every time they do it, what happens? Trump's favorability numbers go up. More and more Americans realize there is a witch hunt, and it's ongoing. And they are petrified of a Donald Trump going to Washington, going to the White House, and making America great again. They can't stand that because the way Donald Trump and anybody makes America great again is giving the government and the power of the nation back to the people. And authoritarian rule, totalitarian rule, top-down, socialism, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't work when the people control it.
1: It's a lot to take in, but when you need a refresher, it's all here. 24-7, 365. Every podcast, every blog. TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org.
0: It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance, and people love it. Of course, they love the savings they're going to get with Geico, but it goes beyond that.
1: You deserve to save. (laughs) heard that before. You deserve to save. I know. I need you to hear me.
0: You deserve to save. I deserve to save. I mean, he has a way of making you feel seen.
5: Bundle car and motorcycle insurance and save at geico.com.
2: Ready to take your Jenga skills to the next level? If you are an all-star at building towers and balancing blocks, then build up the competition in new Jenga Maker. Play in teams to finish first and claim the crown. Jenga and new Jenga Maker
1: reach the top of your game. Each sold separately.
8: At Simply Safe, your safety
2: is the only thing that matters. We design smarter ways to detect motion for emergency dispatch in seconds. We create HD cameras so you can see what's happening in your home from anywhere. All powered by Fast Protect technology, exclusively from Simply Safe, for faster police response. Because in here, your safety is the only thing that matters. Advanced home security. Twenty four seven professional monitoring. There's no safe like simply safe.
1: CBS, NBC, ABC, MSNBC, CNN. An alphabet soup of lies, myths, and disinformation. For real nutrition, you need a full plate of truth. TNN, the Truth News Network.
2: I actually have four or five plates of truth. Got a good meal for you. You just need to buckle down and stay right where you are. Let's talk a little bit about the DeSantis presidency. Last night on the broadcast of Fox News Channel's Fox News Tonight, Ron DeSantis stated he was going to, first of all, fire FBI Director Christopher Wray on his first day. And he argued that Republican presidents have accepted the canard that the DOJ and FBI are independent. They are not independent agencies. They are part of the executive branch. They answer to whoever the elected president of the United States is. As an example, he said, if the FBI or DOJ, whatever, collude with a tech company to try to censor information, everybody involved with that would be fired immediately if I were the president. DeSantis said... I would not keep Chris Wray as director of the FBI. There would be a new one, day one. I think that's very important. In terms of an attorney general, you need someone that's got a really strong backbone. You need somebody that knows that if you are going in there, you're going to take care of business. The Washington Post is not going to like you. The New York Times is not going to like you. You're going to get attacked by CNN, and you got to wear that as a badge of honor. You can't try to please polite society because otherwise you'll just get captured by the institution itself. And I think the DOJ and the FBI have lost their way. I think they've been weaponized against Americans who think like me and you, and I think they've become very partisan. He wasn't he wasn't through, DeSantis continued. Part of the reason that's happened is is because Republican presidents have accepted the canard that the DOJ and FBI are independent. They're not independent agencies. They're part of the executive branch. They answer to the elected president. So as president, you have a responsibility to be involved in holding those agencies accountable, clearing out people who are not doing the job and making sure they're doing the people's business and they're not abusing their authority. For example and he went through the censor information again. In other words, I just quoted Governor DeSantis, and he's saying the same thing in back-to-back paragraphs. Why would he do that? He's, he's a smart guy. He really is. I've, I've really liked him, even when he was a member of the House of Representatives. I thought he did a great job. You know what's going on now? He's trying to switch gears. He's got to think and talk differently. Because he's running for president. He's not running for governor anymore. And being a president is way, way different from being a governor. Now, Donald Trump doesn't know that. He didn't say that. I said that. Trump was never president. He didn't even ever run for any office, period. He's run for one office, office of the presidency, period. But there are a lot of things that you don't know about unless you've been through them. And DeSantis, on a much smaller scale, about a 150th scale of running for the president, he did it twice in governor in Florida, and he won both. So I'm not trying to denigrate DeSantis. I'm just saying just because DeSantis or any other governor has done a good job in their own state, doesn't automatically transition into being a good president. And Donald Trump, as good as it was in his first year, there were hurdles he could not jump over. He didn't know how to handle them. And that's the case in every administration. You can't prepare for everything. You can plan, but you've got to leave some whole opportunities in your plan because there are going to be things that pop up that mess your whole concept and plan up. You've got to be able to make some minor changes. Hopefully they're just minor on the fly and not mess up when you do that. Now, DeSantis did say yesterday he would deal with China as the United States' foremost geopolitical threat if he were elected 47th president of the U.S. In an interview with Fox not long after announcing... DeSantis emphasized the need to recognize that China is a threat to our nation, and he highlighted the growing interdependence between the two economies. DeSantis drew a comparison with the Cold War, pointing out that during that time, the U.S. had minimal economic interaction with the Soviet Union. However, he expressed concerns about the current level of reliance on critical supplies from China, particularly highlighted during the COVID-19 pandemic. To address this, he emphasized the importance of restoring critical manufacturing capabilities within the U.S. He said, we have critical things that we rely on, our foremost adversary for now. During COVID, it was almost everything. He proposed the establishment of robust relationships with key allies such as Japan, Korea, India, and Australia. By the way, Governor DeSantis, we had those relationships, Japan, Korea, India, and Australia, when Trump was in the White House. Under Joe Biden, not so much. DeSantis believes that by working closely with those nations, the U.S. can effectively counter Chinese expansionism in the Pacific region. That's his opinion. That's a big, tall order to fill, though. Really big. Why? The biggest thing is, it is the biggest thing. China. And it's right there in their backyard. Additionally, DeSantis stressed significance of recognizing China's increasing presence in our hemisphere and the potential threats that it poses to our national security. Like, China's flooding our southern border now with those Chinese things. You know, those people that are from China. And Joe Biden's letting them in, and they're waving them on in. Hundreds and hundreds of them. We don't know who they are either. We don't know what they were doing back in China before they got to our border. We just know they're illegal, and Joe Biden doesn't care. He's letting them in, just like he's let every other illegal immigrant in across our southern border. DeSantis said, I think we need a 21st century version of the Monroe Doctrine, where we're making sure that our own backyard is a freedom zone. He was referencing a U.S. foreign policy position from the late 19th and early 20th centuries that viewed foreign intervention in the Americas as potentially a hostile act. He voiced concern about leftist governments in Latin America inviting Chinese influence into the region stating that it has negative implications for our national security. He called for a proactive approach to counter such actions and ensure the protection of American interest in the western hemisphere. He said he's dissatisfied with the current administration's handling of China. He criticized Biden for what he perceived as a lack of firmness in dealing with the Chinese. He suggested Biden's approach may even be encouraging China's involvement in issues like Ukraine and Russia. In Florida, the governor's taken a bunch of measures combating Chinese Communist Party influence there, including signing a bill earlier this month that blocks the Chinese from buying farmland anywhere in the state or making land purchases within 10 miles of sensitive locations like military bases, ports, or power plants. Earlier this month, DeSantis decried the folly of prior American policies that allowed China to rise economically at the United States' expense. Remember, they told us if you put China in the World Trade Organization and grant them most favored trade status that they would end up becoming a capitalist democracy. That's what the elites were saying would happen. In reality, China got more rich. They created a massive industrial base, and they've used that to fuel more military and really to fortify Chinese leader Xi Jinping's ambitions. So let's just believe that's the reality of what happened. The elites in this country let us down. More and more people are going to weigh in, and we're going to hear more and more opinions about DeSantis as this campaign begins to pick up speed and momentum and we see him out and about we're going to learn a whole lot more about what he wants to bring to the table and speaking about that last night laura ingram at fox news on her show we very seldom have her quotes or comments on our show but she said something very salient last night and i'm just going to let her tell you what that is.
9: The Trump-DeSantis duel to come. That's the focus of tonight's angle. Now, how tiresome is commentary like this? But It's very important to expose him
1: for who he is, which is not a regular politician, but a violent cult leader.
9: He leads a powerful cult of personality.
5: A Republican Party that has become a cult of personality around Donald Trump.
9: So we're supposed to believe that Trump's voters are only attracted to kind of his in your face, bare knuckle style, like a fighter who's refreshingly unwoke. Well that's nonsense. What his core supporters firmly believe is that as of now, Trump is the only candidate who has credibility on four vital policy issues. Now Trump has a proven record of standing up to China. Both Biden and the GOP establishment want a partnership with China. Remember, Trump ignored big business and used tariffs to our advantage against China. Biden, he's itching to remove them.
4: We're not looking to decouple from China. We'd like to see this
6: relationship
9: get onto a better footing.
6: A growing China that plays by international rules is good for the United States and the world.
9: Thank you, Janet. Now, Trump is opposed to open borders. Both Biden and the GOP establishment support open borders.
1: The Biden Harris administration announced those sweeping measures that I mentioned uh, moments ago from the state and DHS uh, to expand legal pathways, launch regional process centers, surge uh, asylum officers and judges and more.
9: She reads really well. Trump is opposed to never ending wars and wants to reform our national security establishment. Both Biden and the GOP establishment support it and both have a record of spending trillions and trillions on failed wars.
2: And we will support Ukraine's defense for as long as it takes
1: supporting Ukraine as long as
4: it takes for uh, as long as it takes that's how long we're going to be with you Mr. President for as long as it takes
9: he was walking off the wrong side of the stage all right Trump has proven record of putting real conservatives on the bench now Biden would put hard left lunatics there and the GOP establishment let's face it it has a record of appointing folks like David Souter and uh, others like John Roberts. So that's four major issues, issues that should be critical in any election, where Trump right now has a clear policy advantage over both Biden and the GOP establishment. And that all leads to the following, on domestic policy, Trump has a proven record of building an economy that generated higher real wages for American workers. Now neither the Biden administration nor the old GOP guard can say the same. And on social policy, Trump led us to a huge victory to overturn Roe versus Wade. We know what the GOP establishment failed to do. Yeah, overturn Roe versus Wade eh, for only 40 years. And by the way, Trump did all of this while facing impeachment and the fraudulent Mueller investigation. So simply attacking Trump as a person or his style, it ain't gonna work. If you wanna win the GOP nomination, You're going to have to convince the voters that you're going to do the right thing on China, on the borders, obviously the economy, on the military, and judges. I, I don't think that many people really believe that Mike Pence, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley would really be able to stand up to the GOP establishment on any of those issues. So if you vote for them, you're effectively voting for Mitch McConnell, and almost no one in the GOP anymore agrees with Mitch McConnell. So that leaves Ron DeSantis, who certainly has shown a willingness to think for himself and to take positions and to push policies that don't match up with the GOP establishment. He's taken on the CCP by barring their land purchases in a state. He stood up to the corporate wokesters, and he's built an impressive diverse base of support. So tomorrow night, when he announces, it's time for him to make his positions crystal clear on the key issues where Trump currently has a significant advantage. Now, check out this head-to-head poll. If he does the right thing on those issues, well, we could have a real horse race, could. If he thinks he can run as Trump light, I believe he's gonna be disappointed. Next summer, we'll skip ahead a year. The GOP base wants its nominee to make four big points at the convention. Number one, we will stand up to China. Number two, we will enforce our border. Number three, we will reform the national security state. And number four, you bet we're gonna appoint socially conservative judges. They also want a candidate who's gonna campaign everywhere. Remember our motto here on the Ingram angle, no state and no city left behind. And that means appeal to working people of all backgrounds, build a multicultural majority. Now, for years, Trump has been their only option. Remember what Trump did to grow Hispanic support and some African-American support among black males. DeSantis changed the math with Latinos in Miami-Dade County. Huge turnaround there. And now we're gonna see if he can replicate that elsewhere. So we hear that DeSantis is gonna announce his candidacy on Twitter with Elon Musk, I guess, interviewing him. Well, last November, Musk endorsed DeSantis, But now he says he's neutral, and he just wants someone who's, quote, normal as president. I don't know what that means. You know, people run for president, and I guess, are they normal? I don't know. Although Musk is impressive, as we have said, in many, many ways. He's obviously a genius in many, many ways. His neutrality is probably good news for DeSantis, given the fact that Tesla's dependence on manufacturing and sales in China could be an issue that Trump brings up. But for anyone running on the GOP side, this has to be a campaign for America, not a campaign for the donors. Again, Trump's already proven his America first bona fides. DeSantis still has work to do. He has a lot of people to convince. That's the way I see it. Tonight, late May 2023. And that's the angle.
2: Late May 2023. Can you believe we're already almost halfway through 2023. Laura, actually, the reason I I brought that to you, yes, it was from night before last. I wanted you to hear her opinion of what's ahead in the fight for the 2024 nomination. Let me just say this. There's no question in my mind. This is going to be the most important election in our lifetimes principally because it's the one going on right now. But even more importantly, it is a generational election. And I'm not talking about an 80-year-old and another 80-year-old and a 50-something year. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a generation of Americans. A whole generation of Americans are living in this particular time And we have all of this insanity that's been put on the plate in front of us. None of it or very little of it makes any sense whatsoever. And the stuff that does make sense that we can grasp scares us to death. Like bringing in another seven, eight, maybe 10 million illegal immigrants and then just pushing them out into the nation with no plans, no infrastructure. No legal conversations. In fact, every part of that is illegal, breaking multiple federal laws every day. And all of it, 100% of it, comes at the expense of the American people. There's no conversation. There's no discussion. And people want to call Donald Trump and quote-unquote MAGA Republicans fascist? Do these people, let me just ask you this, I'll personalize it to do you, do you know what a fascist is? Do you honestly know what a fascist is? Let's do this, let's real quick, definition of fascist, this will be quick, the meaning of fascism is a political philosophy, movement, or regime such as that of the fascist people, That exalts nation and often race above the individual and that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by the dictatorial leader, severe economic and social regimentation and forcible suppression of any and all opposition. That's fascism. I'll read it again. A political philosophy, movement, or regime such as that of the Fascisti, that was in Italy, that exalts nation and often race above the individual and that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader, severe economic and social regimentation and forcible suppression of opposition. That, my friends, sounds like Joe Biden to me. Donald Trump, in his four years and way before that, he has for his lifetime been all in for the people. Everything he did, he talked about doing it for the people. None of it, none of it was done for the government. The good that happens in our government when it's operating, when it's clicking on every syllable. The good that happens starts with the people and it grows up and impacts every bureau, every operation, every committee, every part of the federal government. It does not. It never comes from the top down. Joe Biden's world, everything comes from Joe Biden in the White House. That is fascism. Don't forget, Dan tells you all the time when a politician is standing there and they're screaming loudly, waving their hands in the air, what you need to look at and look for is not what they're waving around in their hands and screaming at you about, what's going on in the other hand, the one behind their backs. That's the one you need to hone in on because that's the facts. How do you tell when a politician is lying to you? How do you tell a politician is lying to you when they open their mouth and speak?
5: Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda.
1: Morning, guys.
5: Good morning. Ah, what is oh, that thing?
1: It's me, Linda.
0: Oh my god, it talks! Right! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry! Save the children! Save them! Stay back, I've got mace! Ow, that went in my eyes! We're moving!
5: It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off Ikea
4: salt and mattresses. Ikea, love your home.
5: Join the
1: Truth News Net army of the informed. Be on the cutting edge when a new story is posted at TNN. Sign up at the homepage of truthnewsnet.org. We never share, we never sell your email. The only thing we're selling is the truth. Join the TNN family today. We're growing from Bangor, Maine to Saigon, from Berlin to Moscow, from Rio Linda to Krakow, Poland, from Sevilla, Spain to McAllen, Texas, and Caribou Landing, Canada, from Salzburg, Zurich, and Milan to Shreveport, Louisiana, and all points in between. TNN has been named the single most important source of conservative American political news by the University of Moscow. It's regularly heard in Washington, D.C., and every Major capital on every continent. Be part of this mass migration from propaganda to truth.
2: Sign up today. Thanks for being a part of our worldwide family.
1: TNN TruthNewsNet.org.
0: Come in for workout gear. Leave feeling empowered. Come in for snack time. Leave more fulfilled because when you shop at Target, you leave with what you value most, like healthy foods for your family and brands that lift our communities. At Target, the things that matter are always within reach. What we value most shouldn't cost more.
2: Chaka Khan, what a great song. As you can probably tell from listening today, I'm in a really, really good frame of mind, a really good day. And I think I deserve that. <laughs> Why would I say that? I think we all deserve that, simply because in today's world, when you have a good day, don't, don't, don't dare take it for granted. Show some appreciation. Show some gratitude. An attitude of gratitude will get you a whole lot further in life than feeling like and acting like somebody owes you something every day. I mean, who wants to be around a Grinch? I mean, come on now. We don't deserve that. We don't go out looking for that kind of person. So don't be one of those people yourself. Find the good in everything and everybody. And if you don't find any good, then just turn around and walk away. Don't make a big deal out of that. Let me tell you, there are enough travesties going on in the world. You got plenty, absolutely plenty. You don't need to make some more or go looking for any more. They're out there, and you don't want to get them into your life. I'm telling you, you don't want to do it. Yesterday, I decided to do a walk down memory lane on some things. I look back at what happened in previous elections. I went back, actually, to the Trump election and what happened shortly after he was elected president, the witch hunt, the two impeachments. I mean, it, you, it just could not get any worse for anybody. Trey Gowdy, who, to be honest with you, I hated the fact when he decided not to run again For Congress because I felt like he was a critical piece in structuring or restructuring our government so that people would hold the government and those in it accountable. But anyway, Trey is doing some work. He has that one show he does on the weekend on Fox. He sits in for some other people. But I wanted to go back and look at a little more than just Trey Gowdy being a member of Congress. I want to look and listen to him being an active member of Congress that is doing what members of Congress are supposed to do, holding other people in our government accountable for their actions.
8: Uh, Secretary Clinton said she never sent or received any classified information over her private email. Was that true?
4: Our investigation found that there was classified information sent. So it
8: was not true? It, right. That's what I said. Okay. Well, I'm looking for a little shorter answer, so you and I are not here quite as long. Secretary Clinton said there was nothing marked classified on her emails, either sent or received. Was that true?
4: That's not true. There were a small number of portion markings on, I think, three of the documents.
8: Secretary Clinton said I did not email any classified material to anyone on my email. There is no classified material. Was that true? There was classified material emailed. Secretary Clinton said she used just one device. Was that true? She
4: used multiple devices during the four years uh, of her term as secretary of state.
8: Secretary Clinton said all work-related emails were returned to the State Department. Was that true?
4: No, we found work-related emails, thousands, that were not returned.
8: Secretary Clinton said neither she nor anyone else deleted work-related emails from her personal account. Was that true?
4: That's a harder one to answer. Uh, We found traces of work-related emails. Uh, in, on devices or in Slack space, whether they were deleted or whether when a server was changed out, something happened to them. There's no doubt that they're work-related emails that were removed electronically from the, the email system.
8: Secretary Clinton said her lawyers read every one of the emails and were overly inclusive. Did her lawyers read the email content individually? No. Well, in the interest of time, and because I have a plane to catch tomorrow afternoon, I'm not going to go through any more of the false statements. But I am going to ask you to put on your old hat. False exculpatory statements, they are used for what?
4: Well, either for a substantive prosecution or for evidence of intent in a criminal prosecution. Exactly. Intent and consciousness
8: of guilt, right? Is that right? Right. Con- consciousness of guilt and intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your old job, you would prove intent, as you just referenced, um, by showing the jury evidence of a complex scheme that was designed for the very purpose of concealing the public record. And you would be arguing, in addition to concealment, the destruction that you and I just talked about, or certainly the failure to preserve. You would argue all of that under the heading of intent, you would also intent. You would also be arguing the pervasiveness of the scheme when it started, when it ended, and the number of emails, whether they were originally classified or upclassified. You, you would argue all of that under, under under the heading of intent. You would also probably, under common scheme or plan, argue the burn bags of daily calendar entries or the missing daily calendar entries as a common scheme or plan to conceal. Two days ago, uh, Director, you said a reasonable person in her position should have known a private email was no place to send and receive classified information. Uh, You're right. An average person does know not to do that. Uh, This is no average person. This is a former first lady, a former United States senator and a former secretary of state that the president now contends is the most competent, qualified person to be president since Jefferson. He didn't say that in 08, but he says it now. She affirmatively rejected efforts to give her a state.gov account. She kept these private emails for almost two years and only turned them over to Congress because we found out she had a private email account. So you have a rogue email system set up before she took the oath of office, thousands of what we now know to be classified emails, some of which were classified at the time. One of her more frequent email comrades was in fact hacked, and you don't know whether or not she was. And this scheme took place over a long period of time and resulted in the destruction of public records. And yet you say there is insufficient evidence of intent. You say she was extremely careless, but not intentionally so. Uh, You and I both know intent is really difficult to prove. Very rarely do defendants announce, on this date, I intend to break this criminal code section. Just to put everyone on notice, I am going to break the law on this date. It never happens that way. You have to do it with circumstantial evidence. Or if you're Congress and you realize how difficult it is to prove specific intent, you will formulate a statute that allows for gross negligence. Now, my time is out, but this is really important. You mentioned there's no precedent for criminal prosecution. My fear is there still isn't. There's nothing to keep a future secretary of state or president from this exact same email scheme or their staff. And my real fear is this. It's what the chairman touched upon. This double-track justice system that is rightly or wrongly perceived in this country. That if you are a private in the Army and you email yourself classified information, you will be kicked out. But if you are Hillary Clinton and you seek a promotion to Commander in Chief, you will not be. So, what I hope you can do today is help the average person, the reasonable person you made reference to, the reasonable person understand why she appears to be treated differently than the rest of us would be. These private emails for almost two years and only turned them over to Congress because we found out she had a private email account. So you have a rogue email system set up before she took the oath of office. Thousands of what we now know to be classified emails, some of which were classified at the time. One of her more frequent email comrades was in fact hacked and you don't know whether or not she was and this scheme took place over a long period of time and resulted in the destruction of public records. And yet you say there is insufficient evidence of intent. You say she was extremely careless, but not intentionally so. Uh, you and I both know intent is really difficult to prove. Very-
2: He's repeating himself there. But I wanted you to go back the same way I did yesterday when I was just looking up things, trying to get some perspective of some of the issues we're facing in this presidency. And to be quite honest with you, this, it will go down. It already is. I think most of us can agree on this. Many of us can, at least. It's going to go down as, if not the worst, one of the worst administrations in U.S. history. And it's going to take some time to undo all of the damage that has been done by not just Joe Biden, But everybody in his administration and the bureaucrat hangers on, the ones that are on the periphery around the real doers in his administration. People like Alejandro Mayorkas and his secretary of health and human services, Javier Becerra. Those people are creating problems that will take years, maybe even decades to straighten up. It is impossible for Americans to know everything about everybody just from a campaign. Why is that? Because people who campaign for offices of every level, it doesn't have to be federal, it could be even local, state, or federal, people don't come totally clean. We don't know everything there is to know about anybody that's running for office, and The whole thing about campaigning is to diminish any of the bad things that may show up out there about the candidate, of course, if you're supporting them, but at the same time making things that you have done, embellishing those to make you look even better to the electors, the ones that are going to pull levers to put you in whatever position it is that you want to go into. You just heard Trey Gowdy point out one thing after another, the most egregious activity by somebody that almost became president of the United States. And I will bet you at some point in the future, we are going to know, we'll receive a litany of evil doing that happened on the part of Joe Biden. And he did it with impunity. In many cases, I don't think he premeditatively did it. He didn't think about it. I don't think he thought he ever had a shot to be president so he wasn't going to run. So he was going to get his while he had the chance to do it. While that is not okay, I think it's different. In that it wasn't premeditated to go after the American people, take advantage of the American people, and just get as much as he possibly could get piled up in front of him that he could take with him when he left office. And that was back when he was senator and vice president. All of what you just heard, my two cents. But Gowdy was right on with James Comey. One of the most horrible things that has ever happened in American history was when Hillary Clinton walked and was not held accountable for her massive amounts of violation of federal law that were criminal violations, and nothing happened to her, except she didn't win the election. Let's move on. Have you kept up with this Budweiser, Bud Light debacle that the anheuser Bush they're putting up with? Some Budweiser, uh, Budweiser products today are being sold for free, if there's such a thing. you How do you sell something for free? Some stores are selling them for free thanks to a new promotional rebate from Anheuser-Busch following weeks of Bud Light backlash. So ahead of this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, Bud Light revealed a new promotion called the U.S. Budweiser Family Memorial Day rebate online for customers from eligible states. The rebate promises an amount, quote, equivalent to the purchase price of one 15-pack or larger up to $15 of Bud Light, Budweiser, Budweiser Select, or Budweiser Select 55 that's paid through Anheuser-Busch Digital prepaid MasterCard's. Based on recent prices for Bud Light products, however, in some cases, this would be giving packs of beer away for free. If you go online and search local beer retailers, you're going to find many offers under $15 for 15 packs or larger of these Budweiser products, making the products free after a rebate excluding sales tax or any state restrictions. Yesterday... A Nashua, New Hampshire Shaw's supermarket had 30 packs of Bud Light cans on sale for 20 bucks. That's down from 25, making the price about five dollars after the rebates. Social media users are also discussing their free or low-cost beer finds at local shops, including one Twitter account that posted photos said to be displays seen in two different stores. In Wisconsin, a state known for drinking a lot of beer, the images showed signs promoting 20-pack prices of $14.99 with the $15 rebate giving purchasers a final cost of zero. The rebate applies to purchases made between May 17th and May 31st. Forms must be submitted by June 14th. That's Anheuser-Busch. So let's just take the Bud Light debacle. And that all began over the trans, that guy that was dressed up as a girl, and he was doing two things at one time. He was hawking Bud Light beer, and at the same time, he was wearing a bra and was promoting Nike sports bras at the same time. And America looked at this, and literally, it was... What in the heck is that all about? I'm going to pontificate for just a minute. I know that'll surprise you. If you've been here for the whole show, you know it's not unusual today. (laughs) Look, we have reached a point in the nation where substance means hardly anything, if anything at all. Political perspective, narrative, ideology, those are the only things that count in this generation in which anything and everything goes. Every day we're finding out that medical professionals have been slaughtering our children, doing it very quietly. In many cases, people not even knowing about it. In many cases, doing so illegally. I'm talking about gender surgeries where they're castrating young boys, taking women's, young women's breast off. Irreversible things doing to these young people in America. And they're doing it in the name of the same reason this guy danced around drinking Bud Light, trying to sell a sports bra for Nike, and he didn't have any breast. Now, that has nothing to do with the beer he was hawking, but it has to do with sports bras. It was and is a guy. So Bud Light and Bud Anheuser-Busch stockholders are paying out the wazoo now for that experiment into wokeism extreme. Let me tell you who else is just about to get shattered. Target. They went all in with the rainbow stuff. Trans this, trans that. You walked into a Target store up front and they had all kinds of trans stuff up there i'm going to get you to do something while we're talking right now if you can if you're on your computer on your computer do a google search and get a picture of the guy that created the trans concept for target you're not going to believe what you see it's a trans guy He's got implanted devil horns on his head and is an active Satan worshiper. That's who Target hired to create their trans debacle that has become a debacle. You walk into a Target store last week, all of that stuff was right in the front door when you walked in. Now, if they have it, it's way in the back of the store They got their lesson just like Bud Light got theirs. My question to you is what in the world is happening to the people that actually run? I'm talking about out in the Netherlands of America running the country. I'm talking about business people. I'm talking about people that have been doing what they're doing for decades and being in many cases very successful at doing it And all of a sudden, they took a 180 and decided to go woke. Are people that insecure that they will not look at their circumstances, their own circumstances objectively, with which to make good decisions about everything for themselves and their family members and their employees, And they honestly think it's a good decision to start supporting trans, everything about trans. There is no such thing as gender transition. Ask a medical doctor. Ask a scientist, a bioscientist. Ask somebody that knows If they're honest with you, they'll tell you there is no such thing. We talk about truth here all the time. That's our mantra. That's our only talking point. That's the name of what we are. TNN Live stands for Truth News Network Live. Truthnewsnet.org. Everything we publish. These audio podcasts our stories every day, it's all about the truth. Not perceived, not what we hope or wish we were or had, but about the truth in everything. And I'm not apologetic about it in any way. I have no inclination to ever go woke. And I hearken back to probably the 80s. Homosexuality's been around since people have been around. There's no question about it. Obviously, because of embarrassment, the fear of rejection, many people didn't ever let it be known or hid it for years and years and years. But that doesn't change the fact that it's been around for a long time. So when people started, quote, unquote, coming out of the closet, and it became a a more accepted lifestyle to adopt, let me tell you how I handled it. We have, we have homosexuality in, the, in our immediate family. And it was tough for me when it came out decades ago about this member of the family. Uh, by the way, it's not my immediate family, my extended family. And I learned very quickly, because I'm a Christian, I, I went to prayer. God, how do I handle this? And basically, this came back, I believe it came back from heaven, and I adopted this. Is, this is the way I acted all ever since. You know, people make mistakes. People make choices and decisions. I have in my life that turned out to be, I thought at the time they were perfect, flawless, and find out they're not. Well, what happened? I had to live through the the, the circumstances that I created by Doing this or whatever it was, thinking that I had to go through it, I made some corrections to fix it, to change it. And I'm not out, I'm not trying to have a conversation about homosexuality or lesbianism or anything. That's not what this is about. It's about handling something that you may disagree with without going stark raving mad. And here's what I adopted as my thought process. If you choose homosexuality, that's between you and God, your family members and you and God, none of my business. And I'm going to respect you. There are a lot of people that I never thought in my life. I never thought they were gay, and I found out at some point they are gay. So does this change the fact that that person is somebody I had a personal relationship with? No, it doesn't. What it does, it tells me a little bit about them that I didn't know previously, and that's it. I'm going to live my life and structure my life based upon what I, in my relationship with God, my personal relationship with God, I'm confident of the right things. I'm going to trust you to do the same thing. If and when you do things that I disagree with being the right things, I have no power or authority to usurp your thoughts or your opinions and replace them with mine. Under certain circumstances, I may have a conversation with you about it just for the purpose of education and making sure you know you've heard both sides of whatever it is and then let you make your own choices and decisions. It's between you and God. It's not between you and me. I've got plenty on my plate, far more on my plate to mess with than to pick yours up and put it on my plate and mess with it for you. But here's what I made clear to a couple of friends in a very nice way. I said, I don't support the choices that you've made, but I love you, and I want the best for you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to stick my straight life in your face and rub it in ever. I want you to do the same favor for me. If you're going to live a gay lifestyle, fine, go for it. But don't stick it in my face. I give you the same benefit that I expect. And it works out fine that way. But in this woke world in which we awaken every morning, things have changed. And people have learned they can weaponize everything they think, everything they believe, everything they want against others. They can do it and get away with it because the work world says you've got to accept whatever anybody says. You can't denigrate it. You can't question them. You can't treat them differently everybody's got to be living on the same plane the same level even though that's an impossible thing to do it doesn't work that way that's just the way it rolls folks that's just the way it rolls if you'll consider adopting that same thought process just let it be let it stand You're going to be fine. We all are. After all, that's all we want, isn't it? Steve Scalise, congressman from South Louisiana, Republican. He's the House whip. He is in Washington, D.C. today, and he's trying to bring things to a head about this debt ceiling debate. I'm going to let you listen in to a little bit of the conversation that happened in the House just an hour ago.
3: without objection
7: speaker as we all know the house has already voted to address the debt ceiling in fact on april 26th the house is not in order madam speaker on april 26th this house passed the Limit, Save and Grow Act. Well, should I say, should I say some of this House, but a majority of this House, passed a bill to address not only the debt ceiling, but also the spending problem in Washington that has brought us to this point. Now, I'll also say, Madam Speaker, that for more than four weeks, the Senate has not even taken up action on that bill. In fact, the Senate's not even in session today or this week. With that said, Madam Speaker, the House is scheduled to take its last votes. The House will be in order.
2: The gentleman is recognized.
7: Thank you, Madam Speaker. Following tomorrow's votes, if some new agreement is reached between President Biden and Speaker McCarthy, members will receive 24 hours notice in the event we need to return to Washington for any additional votes, either over the weekend or next week. Additionally, we will allow all members to have 72 hours to review any such legislative text that may come before us relating to the debt ceiling before final passage of that bill. Does the
3: gentlelady ask to yield? Thank you for yielding to my colleague. I don't know how my colleagues across the aisle who voted for the Default on America Act are going to look our veterans in the eye this Memorial Day. You, you have presented our country with an impossible choice, devastating cuts or devastating default. Hungry families or homeless seniors? Kids without classrooms or parents without jobs? Empty VA clinics or empty savings account? And now you're sending us home with no resolution. That's the plan. To default, to run out the clock. Well, I have some good news for you. 213. Every single member of the Democratic Caucus has signed the discharge petition. So before you go home, before you go home, it only takes five patriots, five patriots, to join us in the fight for the American people. Join us, sign the petition, stay here, and fight for American families, fight for their American security. I yield back?
7: Reclaiming my time, Madam Speaker.
2: The House will be in order. The gentleman from Louisiana is recognized.
7: Thank you, Madam Speaker. Maybe my colleagues on the other side are having buyer's remorse, or should I say voter's remorse, that every single one of them voted against addressing the debt ceiling over a month ago when we brought that bill to the floor. Now, Madam Speaker, there is a remedy. If anyone in this chamber, including my friends on the other side, would like to see this problem addressed, They should go over to the Senate side, or frankly, there's no one there. They should get on the phone and call the Democrat senators who run the Senate and chose to be out this whole week because they took this so seriously, or call the White House and ask the president why he took 97 days off after the first meeting with Speaker McCarthy when the speaker was ready to negotiate. We're still here. We have done our job. We have acted. We are, in fact, the only body in this town who has actually taken steps to address the debt ceiling and the spending problem in Washington. I would encourage the Senate to take up the bill. I would encourage the President to get engaged and address this problem, but we already have. The votes are on the board. I ask that the House be in order and there be some decorum on the other side.
2: The members are reminded to abide by decorum of the House. Honestly, I think I've had enough of that. I think you have too. That is going on in Washington right now. Does that give you an idea of the insanity? Did you hear that Democrat member de- just destroyed ...destroyed Republicans or tried to destroy their credibility with voters that were listening in, like you and me... ...when she said, what are you going to say, you Republicans, when your constituents find out that you're cutting veterans' benefits... ...not a single dollar in the bill is removed from veterans' benefits or from Medicare benefits or from Social Security benefits. This is America. This is 2023. Telling the truth in government no longer matters if it ever did. That's a wrap on the day. Man, I tell you, I so appreciate you being here. I want you to have a great Thursday. We're going to wrap up the week together tomorrow morning, beginning at 9 a.m. Central, and we want you here for that. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you then at TNN Live.